Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Honey and Co. The Food Sessions. I'm Sarit Packer. I'm Itamar Surovich, and we have a special Christmas treat for you guys, a special uh, episode for your listening pleasure. We have an episode that we recorded with Yotam Otolenghi and the Otolenghi Test Kitchen. If you don't know the Otolenghi brand, then you've probably been living under a rock for the last 20 years. They have amazing delis and restaurants in London, era-defining cookbooks. We were very lucky to be a part of the Otolenghi company many years ago now. Before we opened our own business, we worked there, both of us, uh, for quite a long time. And we have always had huge passion and interest in how they're growing their brand, the delicious food. And this progression into the Otolenghi Test Kitchen, we find absolutely fascinating. It's a group of people that are working together in a really kind of inspirational environment to create the new recipes, to push the brand forward, but also to kind of test the limits of food from all over the world. And we were really excited to hear more about it. The Otolenghi Test Kitchen have two books out now, Shelf Love and Extra Good Things. We spoke to Verena Luchmuller, to Noor Murad, and of course to Yotam Otolenghi back in the summer, just before their book came out. So you can sit back, grab yourself a little snack and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Tell us a bit about the team. What is the OTK? Noor, you want to take it? Well, the Otolenghi Test Kitchen is not a new thing. It's been around for a little over a decade when Yotam first founded it, creating recipes for The Guardian and all his different cookbooks. But especially over the last two years, it's been slowly expanding. And we kind of wanted to create a way for people to see what is happening at the Otolenghi Test Kitchen, all the different characters and people and chefs involved. This kind of was propelled in the pandemic and that's where our first OTK book came to life. I don't know, Verena, do you want to talk about the different faces in the test kitchen? Well, we've got Chaya, who we call her the ray of sunshine. She really is. She's always upbeat and positive and she comes from Mauritius um, originally and she brings with her such a, an amazing use of spices and her culinary background is really interesting. And then we've got Jake who's the latest edition. I called him a hipster yesterday and he didn't like it, so I won't, <laughs> I won't call him that again. But he totally is. You he is kind it. of a hipster. He is. Oh, my God. The tucking of the socks and the trousers. Anyway. It's good you're not telling it to the rest of the world, Verena, like you promised <laughs> you him keep, yesterday. You keep it to yourself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Outside voice, Verena. Jake, so sorry. 
and he, yeah, so he's he's great. He's a latest addition. He's very sort of adventurous in his cooking style, and then he's just great. And then there's Jens, who works with me on the pastry side. He's an amazing pastry chef and just all round great colleague. Are you pastry, Verena? Like mostly, I do, actually I don't know you at all. I've met Noor, and obviously I know your town, but I, I don't know anything about you so much. So I am trained as a pastry chef. So that's what I was doing at Ortolenghi. I was working in the delis. Then um, I joined the test kitchen and I sort of oversee the bagged products, the sweet products in our shops. Verena is very modest about her <laughs> contribution because I mean, she's in charge of the bagged products, you know, like she just does the most incredible pastries. I mean, she's the most creative pastry chefs and she can, you know, roll doughs and make pie crust. And we just had a, just a, across the corridor where I'm now in the test kitchen. Uh, she just made this incredible mushroom cobbler with celeriac and urfa chili and tarragon. It was just like to die for. So she can really cook and bake incredibly well. The package. Yes, the she really package. is. <laughs> everything, everything Verena makes feels like a warm hug. Aww. It really, it really does. And uh, there's these are kind of the the cooking part of the test kitchen. Then there is uh, there's a lot going on in the test kitchen. Apart from recipe development, we do for the Guardian, for the New York Times, for the books. But also we work a lot with, our, with the delis and the shops in terms of development. So that's what Jens does with uh, Verena. And we're kind of like the hub of creativity. So there's a lot going on behind the scene, which Gitai and Cloda are very much involved. The online things that we do, we had a lot of YouTube videos recently. So we, we were doing those as well. So it's a kind of like a, where the company... Uh, meets the publication arm. So there is all the publication, but also there's a lot of recipe development for the delis. And you guys might still remember, you know, the the chef meetings, etc. We hold them here as well. So chefs come from the restaurants to present their ideas or to try things when we have a new seasonal menu. So it's really the creative hub for the whole company. So at some point, there was a kind of transition from a physical workplace, the test kitchen, into something that exists in the public sphere, something that's, you know, I, I hate to use that word, but like a brand, something that people engage with. Yeah. Was that a conscious decision or was that something very organic that happened? It kind of came out of COVID, really, because now we're in Holloway Road. On Holloway Road, we used to be in Camden. And it's a very intimate environment where, you know, there's conversations about food happening all the time and people offer their ideas, etc. And it's a very creative space and it really relies on the people being there in the space together. And when COVID hit and everybody went home and had to start working and testing recipes from home, this was uh, interrupted, like broken in, from one day to the next, like so many other things in the world. So if we're not uh, in the same room together, we might as well kind of do the what a lot of people did, talk to the world via social media. So immediately within like a couple of weeks from lockdown, we started doing Instagram videos, like little demos and co public conversations, which we were kind of having behind the scenes anyway before that. So it really is the result of that. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. quite interested in this whole aspect of how... How do you work 
together. I mean, it's a group of extremely talented people and you each have a voice, but you're all there to create kind of an Ottolenghi style. This is kind of a phrase that I think has been going on for many, many years. It's definitely even in our days, which is a long time ago, sadly, <laughs> like to not admit our ages, but more than 10 years ago, it was already then referred to as kind of Ottolenghi style. How do you keep that? How do you keep a personal input that you're excited about and a creative input, but also keep it within a team and a, and a theme? I think Noor uh, has just written an, a great introduction to the next OTK book, and she really captures that really, really well. She talks about like, what does it mean to Ottolenghi-fy something, you know, the, the, the verb, like, how do you Ottolenghi-fy something? And, and um, Noor, I don't remember all the things that you listed, but there is a kind of like a menu of options, you know, there is a, yeah. there is a lot of delicious vegetables uh, to choose from. And there is a sense of abundance and generosity in the way that things are presented and they're in the delis or just on the plate. It's really difficult because we grapple with this all the time, whether it's Ottolenghi enough or not. It's something, there's a question we actually ask ourselves all the time. I tr attempted to define the word Ottolenghi, which needs to be added onto Urban Dictionary, I think. Ottolenghi as a brand is constantly uh, changing and evolving. So you can't just say Middle Eastern food. It's more than that. It's veggie-heavy, abundant, inviting plates that have Middle Eastern flavors dotted through and always have some kind of special touch, whether it's like a special sauce or a little sprinkle, just like an element of surprise that you're like, oh, that's what sets it apart. And the important thing that makes Autolenghi Autolenghi is all the different chefs that have worked in the company throughout the years. Um, And they've all left their own influences and their own experiences and their own tastes. And I think what Yatam does pretty well is that he invites all these different new tastes and fresh takes on things. Um, and it becomes part of Auslengi. And I think Auslengi is like all of these things combined. Yes, that's right. It's still something that's really, really hard to pin down. And when you have these conversations in sort of a creative setting, maybe... How does it work? How do you divide the labor and how do you reach the conclusions? Noor runs the test kitchen, so she's very much in charge of this particular process. But uh, for The Guardian, for example... The taskmaster. The, yeah, she doesn't look it, but uh, she does it. I mean, it's... <laughs> so if uh, Chaya at the moment is doing The Guardian columns, uh, Noor guides her through it and they uh, brainstorm etc but essentially this she's kind of charged with with those recipes so she takes ownership on them and it's really important now it's like completely my nature like what what is it that you're achieving here and what do you want to cook and Chaya well she's come from Mauritius so that's kind of a particular set of spices and flavors that she works with there's pineapple and there's coconuts and there's spices and there's you know curry flavors etc doesn't mean you don't go and say okay well that's not quite there yet or how do we turn it in a particular direction maybe we simplify it maybe we make it more approachable etc etc but that sense of ownership is really really important because in the, in the end that's what makes the dish good if someone kind of gave it it's, it's, it's a bit soppy but you need to give it the love you know that it needs to get yeah. and I think the best formula for that is just let people run with their ideas I mean, you need to have quite thick skin to do recipe development because you need to be able to take criticism quite severely. And, you know, even if you're cooking your heart out, someone is going to taste it potentially and say to you, well, yeah, but it can be better or we can work on that. Have you like developed 
I almost want to call it like a code of behavior between you or are you just very <laughs> honest and, and kind of brutally? We are very honest. We're quite brutal in the test kitchen. So you're like, oh, garbage. Oh, no. But we all know what we what it is that we're looking for, what the end result is, because we've worked there long enough that we understand kind of the food language. Um, and even though, as Yotam says, it's very individual work, like you you come, you have an idea. For example, we brainstorm for a guardian column. The column is orange. We have to come up with three recipes that celebrate oranges. Jake will have an idea and Chai will have an idea and, you know, or Verena might have a dessert and each of them will create it. On Usually it will take anywhere from three attempts to maybe 10 if it's something that you're really struggling with. But together you make it and then together we all taste it as a team. You grab someone, you say, hey, can you taste this with me? Give me your opinion. You know, it doesn't have to be like a whole committee involved. Like if it's not there yet, you just need that one person to be like, I know it's missing something. Sometimes it's just like, hey, it needs a bit of acid. And then it transforms a dish. Sometimes it totally doesn't work. And you, you kind of also have to know that like, actually, this worked way better in my mind than it does actually on this yeah. plate. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Sometimes that's the missing link. That cobbler, actually, your time is the perfect example. The base of the recipe is there, which is delicious. But then it's like, oh, it's missing something. And then, you know, your time, so it's a, it's a mushroom cobbler. So cobbler is mm. actually quite sort of an American thing, right? With the sort of cobblestone topping and it's, but it's a savory version and it's with orfa and, you know, earthy mushrooms and everything. And then your time's like, oh, do you know what would be nice? You know, let's finely chop some preserved lemon into the base, you know, and that's that mm. extra special thing. And I, and I totally hadn't thought of it. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, that, I think that will really elevate the dish. So you have to be open and that's what we do with each other's recipes all the time. Like, we're just open to, to all these kind of suggestions. I remember when I, I first started working at Seskitchen, I used to get quite shy of presenting things that I hated to Yassam. So there was this one corner, like, by the old fridge that, like, anything we didn't I didn't want him to taste. I just, like, hide it in the back corner. <laughs> corner of shame. <laughs> the corner of shame. The shame corner. <laughs> We always like a good corner of shame. <laughs> the thing is that I'm so greedy that I really can, I can eat anything. I mean, I know Verena and Nor can attest to that. I'll eat any old shit. Really sorry, but it's, it's, I'm just I just come into the test kitchen in the morning. I'm just so hungry. Just give me anything from the corner of shame. I'll have it. You know, it's not a problem. Just go through the bins, really, and find. <laughs> But I think also, Sarit, I think you're right about this kind of etiquette of recipes testing. I think it's really important to know that, you know, people put themselves out there. It, it, it's your creation. It's really, really important for you. You've worked on it and you feel criticized if it doesn't work. I always say, you know, it's, it's never personal, but also it, you, there's a way to put the information out there. It's really not a problem, I think. And once you've been there a few times, you actually realize that it's really quite useful. So, you know, Jake was just uh, just presented a dish uh, that's pink grapefruit and burrata salad with uh, it had tomatoes, but now it had artichokes macerated in some in some acidity, lemon juice. But it's gone through quite a lot. And I realized that I'm kind of I'm seeing it at the kind of quite a like maybe take number three or four. So I'm super careful not to kind of undermine the whole thing. It probably started testing with Noor last week so I shouldn't really be messing around with it too much but I said oh, so let's just change the dressing a little bit and make like um, I want to do like a syrupy grapefruity uh, dressing that would bring it all together but 
I think a lot about what it means, and I think Noor does the same, whereas if you're kind of in charge or you're guiding people through a process, you just want to approach it in a good way because there's always tomorrow and you're going to have to test another recipe. You can't just kind of lay the law and say, okay, this is my way or the highway because it's just, it just doesn't work that way. Talking of that, Noor, you joined kind of an established thing. Was that intimidating? I mean, Ottolenghi, the company has existed for 20 years now, yes? Yeah, this wow. year we're celebrating 20 years. Amazing. Maybe I'm wrong, but you didn't join from the kitchens into the test kitchen. You joined. I, I did. Actually. Ah, okay. I was, so I didn't know that. Yeah, I was uh, working at Spinnerfield. Ah, okay. Um, I actually applied from Bahrain, from my kitchen in Bahrain, okay. <laughs> sitting down, thinking I've got nothing to lose. I'm just gonna apply. You know, I had all the books, and and I was working at the delis. Yeah, I was the day sous chef in the delis, and I didn't even really know much about the test kitchen. Um, and I had this chef, um, this head chef at the time, Shalom. He was very um, encouraging of me to put things on the menu. And he was always like, oh, yeah, you know, you're very creative. You should always, you should give it a try in the test kitchen. Uh, and that's kind of what, kind of, I was like, what is a test kitchen? I never really knew such a job existed, if I'm honest, um, because I'd worked my whole career just in a restaurant. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Because I know Otolenghi has, has such a, you know, well-loved, you know, name and, and has such a, I can say, cult following with, with cooks. Even when I was working there, people would, would be so passionate about that name or about that place. 
And I think kind of like working in the test kitchen, I think is such a dream situation for such a lot of the Otolenghi fans. You get like 13,000 applications a day for the test kitchen. <laughs> you know, it is a dream job a little bit. There's a lot of people that want to work in the test kitchen, but there's not everybody is, um, I'll put it diplomatically, cut out. To, I think we really are totally focused on, on home cooks. And it's a completely different mindset to what you do when you cook in a restaurant. Like in a restaurant, there's a lot of showing off, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for you to do things in a particular way. And most chefs love that idea. And when they come to the test kitchen, they go, look, really? I mean, that's all I can put on the plate. I mean, there's that you can't really go as far as you would go in a restaurant. So it doesn't work for everyone. And the other thing is, I think is really what like Verena and Noor have really in abundance and, and other team members as well, is that kind of quite a wide range of cuisines to cook. I mean, of course, Noor has her core. She's, a, she's from the Middle East. So I think within the in Bahrain or Iranian, Persian, I, I, Indian kind of influences, but you are very, very well versed in other cuisines, European, North American, etc. And it takes a, quite a lot of and a particular kind of experience to be able to cook with all those cuisines and flavors and ingredients. So I'm, what I'm trying to say is that these guys are super talented and they've got really a lot, they bring a lot with them. And it's, it's not an easy job because we've published so many recipes, like thousands, I would say now over the years. It's really hard to be creative and original. And even like Noor and I have, have this conversation also with Vernon, sometimes you just hit a brick wall, you know, like, like I remember Hugh Fernley Wettingstall said someone says at one point, like, I just dread asparagus season because I need to think of the new asparagus recipe for spring. Oh, it's coming. You know, what have I not just done? Just looking done at yet? them coming up from the ground. And, and I think we also feel like that sometimes. But when you crack it, it's such a great feeling because you do realize there's a new way with an ingredient that you have known so well. You know, it's like, it's so amazing. Like... The other week, Verena made this so delicious uh, kohlrabi dish, which involves essentially just sweating kohlrabi with butter for like half an hour. And it was just so delicious and good. And it's something that she's brought from her childhood in a German household or half German, right? Shall I say? Yeah. Half yeah. German, semi-German. And you think like, what else can I learn about kohlrabi really at this point? But it is, it was so good. It was just so good. And the whole presentation and everything else that came with it. So it is frustrating, but if you have a lot of points of references and you can bring them all together and join them up, it's just, an, you, you really get incredible results. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. When it comes to actually developing a recipe, how do you go about this? Because also, I mean, it's worth saying the test kitchen is part of the bigger Otolenghi powerhouse, which is, it is a powerhouse, you know, it's... Yeah, so occasionally like uh, Calvin, who is the head chef for the whole group, Noor or I send him a bunch of recipes that developed in, in the test kitchen or he asks for an idea for a particular seasonal ingredient that they want to use up. It's a very informal relationship. You know, you send a bunch of recipes, says, see what you can do with that. And I, I'm sure you guys know that, you know, a recipe that's been tested at home is, is really not, it's never going to be the same when you cook it in a restaurant. The, the environment really dictates the recipe almost, you know, what you've got available, your, your equipment, your stuff around you. It just turns into something completely different. But you can just have like a, in a small idea, you know, like for the... Um, we have in Rovi, we have the celeriac shawarma in pizza kind of dish. 
and we were working at that particular moment on something else in the test kitchen uh, that like the Bekele sauce, you know, the Tunisian sauce with the spinach and, and olive oil that's kind of slow cooked. And I said to Neil, who was just working on this, I mean, this is just what that dish needs. And, and all of a sudden, something that happened in the test kitchen ended up on the menu in Rovi. So we tried to make these things happen as, as much as possible. But I think I'm constantly pushing for that to happen more. But this is this is what makes it so so fun and ex- exhausting, <laughs> but so fun and exciting. And and this is why I think the test kitchen. I'm, I'm so proud of it because Noor and I were having these conversations um, in 2020, just as lockdown began, and and we said to each other like, okay, so what do we want to do? What we and, and Noor came up with all these fantastic ideas. You know, let's create an entity which is really just about showing and sharing and teaching and focusing on on not just finished dishes but on processes and opening the world our world to the rest of the world to see how things take shape and how things uh, work out but it came out of Noor's passion and now the rest of the team to open up and show these things and that was the wonderful shelf love and that's the wonderful shelf love (laughs) i have to say you know i think you're all being very sort of modest about it but i think actually something really hugely revolutionary happened there before shelf love like the model was always you know the front man and the development team behind and putting it all on the stage now nobody's done it before letting everyone be in the limelight is a huge deal and now it's so much more common and so much more normal i'm curious to see how conscious you are of it but were you aware of that when it happens or are you aware of the impact of it now? I wasn't aware of the impact, no. <laughs> Maybe I'm not out there enough. I don't think before of anything similar. And now you can see a lot of big brands saying, this is the person that does recipes for me or this is oh. this is how we work on it. I think it's become common and I don't think it was. I don't know. I can't really comment about what's going on in the in the outside world, but <laughs> no. But you didn't consciously saying, "Hey, this was not done before." No, I, I th- this was a big deal, and I think it is a big deal because I've always have had, well, mostly had co-authors of on the book, and you know whether it was Helen or Scully or or Esme or you know people that worked on the books together, and their names were on covers, etc. And it was I always I always thought that that's the only way that I could do it. But this book was so much a brainchild of Noor and the whole OTK concept, you know, that group effort as what we want to present to the world, it almost like had to happen. And I am aware that it's unusual. It also, it had a truth to it that I thought like, you know, that's the truth of this process and that's the truth of what happened to us. And how did it feel for you guys, Noor and Verena? How was it when it came out? Amazing. I mean, I, I, I also think that, that hasn't, it hadn't been done before. I think it's huge. To be so open, it is. It is to be so open about you know all the people that it takes to to make a book and and also you know Noah's vision for the book and bringing us all in and yeah, an, an honor actually. I know that sounds really corny, but it it really I have no words. <laughs> yeah, great for a podcast, <laughs> Marina. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Noor, what what what? How did it feel for you the the when Shelf Love came out and and got so much love and success and. Actually, a lot of really raw love, you know, that book got. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it did yeah. get raw love because it, it was written with raw love, I think. Self-love came at a time where I didn't expect it, you know, as did the whole of 2020. And uh, I didn't think that this book was going to happen or I'd be able to, like, put it together. And um, 
and it happened very fast. You know, Yotam and I talked about the book in May. I was in Bahrain. He was in Ireland. <laughs> we were in lockdown. And then I remember I was like, yeah, I'm coming back to London. <laughs> like, uh, and then we shot the book in September. All of the recipes that were there were things that we were like, is this using up what people have at home? Is this, that what, is this, is this like a one-pot meal that someone would make on a busy night? And is it humble but still special enough to be Asalangi? And we wanted to, people to feel like, not very intimidated really welcome like come and join us make your own test kitchen at home the whole of that year and the pandemic brought a lot of people together in so many ways and it, this was true for us as well it was a very like um cheesy but very loving book <laughs> it's a very very good name it's a very good name uh, talk about the next book it's called uh, extra good things Nice. And the whole book is built around the idea that every single recipe in the book has an extra, like a takeaway, whether that's a sauce or a sprinkle or a, a pickle or some kind of condiment that you could repurpose and re reuse in other ways. And it's very much in keeping in line with the way that we eat at the test kitchen. And I'm sure maybe lots of others, maybe also you too, you know, you just kind of grab whatever little sauce or pickle or shatla or whatever is in your fridge and then... You have like scrambled eggs, but it's like scrambled eggs with with uh, this hot sauce and, you know, and dukkha and all these kind of things. And every chapter is divided up into different condiments, like pickles is one chapter, like sprinkles and crunchy things is another chapter. And yeah, so it's kind of like a two for one deal in this book. You get you get a recipe, but you also get a little extra that you Delicious. can probably use again. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we're all about the extra. I'm all about the sprinkles and crunchy things. Me too. Like, I, it really does improve any meal. And they're so great for mixing and matching as well. So you can take, you know, the shatter from one recipe and use it for something completely different. It just, I love it. And that is literally how we, we just like raid the fridge and go, oh, let's put this together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Maybe if shelf love was a little bit of an experiment and something that's kind of like been validated because it did get a lot of love, did it change your work on uh, extra good things? Well, I think what changed the game more than anything was uh, Autolengi Simple. And Shelf Love was quite similar in that it's very approachable. It's what people are able to make on a weeknight. So people are not going to be so intimidated by that. Yeah. Do you ever regret not calling Autolengi Simple Simple Lengi? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because we had another name for it. We had like Simple, uh, Plenty. We had Plenty More. And then we had enough already. Halas. <laughs> 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 Don't think you can do that one. Darlings, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Hugely inspiration as usual. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 Obama out. Obama, do that again, Obama. Ciao. Meow. <laughs> what do you mean do over? That was... Uh... No, do it again. It wasn't very nice, Itamar. You can, I know you can do better. <laughs> I must try harder. Again, but like normal. Be more normal. We did come up in Otolengi and, and with your time. And that is kind of like, for us, it's been the model of how a company works of, you know, collaborative efforts with everyone playing to the strength. So it's been a great sort of honor and really, really, you know, inspiring for us to circle back and touch base on that. 
Thank you so much. This is very, very lovely to hear. And, and I, I kind of want to say like that it's maybe we weren't extremely so gracious about this 10 years ago when we opened our business, but we thank our time with, with the company so much and everything that happened there in a way what led us to, to where we are. It was the first time we had this idea that actually you can do something yourself. You can be a human being that also does something. You know, the London we came to was a London of like massive chains and pizza expresses or like the big kind of Conrads or, and we never thought it's anything approachable for human beings, <laughs> for an actual person <laughs> to like think, oh, wow, I can also put myself out there. So this was hugely inspirational for us and it still is now. And that's why this conversation was so important to us. And we really thank you for taking the time to have it with us. Thank you. This is really touching. And uh, from one powerhouse to another. Uh, <laughs> We're like a power shack. <laughs> power babies. Power tent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's no. really been a pleasure for us. Uh, Itamar, Sarit, thank you so much. Uh, it was generous and lovely and wonderful to talk to you. It was the best podcast ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> and good luck with the new restaurant. Yay! Yay! Good luck with the new book. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> this is it for this episode of Honey and Go, the food sessions. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to the people who help us make it. That's Miranda Hinckley, our incredible producer. John Scott, who mixes the episode. Our own Louisa Cornford, who does everything and so much more. And to Daniel Winchell for our theme tune. Yeah. We want to thank our guests on the show, Verena Lochmaler, Yotam Otolenghi, and Noor Morad. It's been absolutely fascinating. We also implore you, go back to our back catalogue, listen to so many interesting interviews, and there's loads of amazing content of us cooking up some recipes if you fancy a bit of a change. Good for going for a walk with your dog, a walk on Christmas Day. It's good for cooking, Sarit. It's for cooking. It's good for cooking as well. <laughs> We're there for you for everything. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a great festive season, everyone. And wishing you all the best new year. Yay. Go team! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.